Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, it is party time again. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to our playground. It's Star Style, be the star you are. We are brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are charity, and we're coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we want to catapult you from wishing upon a star to being the star you were born to be. Because the best shortcut of all in life to make a life of your dreams is knowing that you already arrived. So you have arrived. This is from Mark Twain. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And that leads us right into what we're going to be talking about today, and that is going to be how travel changes us, how it sees the world with new eyes, how we learn to welcome new languages and food and cultures, and to be open to all the possibilities and the adventures. Heather and I have just been traveling, and we have been uh, been in Europe. I've been in France and England, and Heather's been in many more places. So we're going to start off our show today by telling you about some of our travels and, uh, you know, how it affected us. And you know what? You can probably tell by our voice or my voice so far. I feel definitely refreshed and having some downtime. (laughs) (laughs) And I think some of the best part of the travel was I got to spend it with my girl, Heather Brittany. And we certainly had fun, didn't we, Heather? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it was amazing. It's so wonderful just to get away and travel. Yeah, you know, and, you know, I think it's really hard when you say that, get away. I know that uh, for everyone, I think, is, you know, we have, we're so busy with our work schedules. And then you have your family life and your home and your friends and all these different commitments. And I know with uh, my husband, he is... Um, he always says, oh, we can't afford to get away. You know, we can't take the time off. We can't do 
we can't do that. And what I've learned over the years is if you don't take the time off, then you really are in trouble because uh, you just, you, you, you can't get back on track. So uh, the key to, I think, a happy life is taking some time off from time to time and maybe tightening your belt in other places. Uh, would I be right, Heather? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, honestly, going into this trip before, I was one of the people on that side thinking, wow, you know, to be gone for basically a month is what we were gone for. And uh, of thinking of being away from work, being away from, you know, a dog, a house, responsibilities. It's like, you know, there's so much stuff going on. And, and the cost as well of being gone for a month, you just think of, um, you know, the way you live when you travel versus, you know, just spending groceries, you know, you probably spend, you know, meals, and, you know, it just, it really, it adds up, and thinking of it in that way, and I have to say, it was just one of the most amazing experiences, I and mean, when you realize it, it really is worth it in that way, and you really do need those things to get away, especially, you know, from your own society, your own safe zones, I think really going at places that um, no one's really speaking your language, um, I think it's just a, it's a, it's a better, to, it's really is like hitting a refresh thing for you. It, when you come it is, back it's and, a reload. Well, focused. in your case, didn't, you had uh, tickets to the Rugby World Cup. Now, uh, you know, I know that maybe a lot of people don't follow rugby, but you went to two of the games in England and that was really your impetus for getting away. But you also did Oktoberfest in Germany. You went to uh, Holland and Amsterdam. You went to Ireland. You went to Scotland. And then, of course, you joined me for a few days in France. So uh, what were some of the highlights for you? Well, you know, so the the whole reason, the original reason supporting my husband why we were headed over there was to uh, go to the Rugby World Cup. But as you said, the America, we lost. We, we lost horribly, but it was very fun. Um, but since that was both of our first time uh, trip to Europe, we thought we, we really wanted to explore a lot of places. And this is sort of like our sampler platter that since we've never been, you know, we, there are so many places we wanted to try. And I have mixed emotions where I think there was so many great places that I felt, especially very historic and things you just know in events, I'm really happy I experienced. But I felt you know, with no negative or hard feelings that, you know, I can check that off the list. I don't need to come back. I feel fulfilled by that. And there were some places I felt like, oh, goodness, I wish we just had, I could spend a few more days here. I wish we didn't have to, you know, go back and now go off to this other place. Um, and, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was really wonderful. And I felt like um, it really wasn't one of those things that you feel, well, you know, with the places that you do like that, well, you know, we'll never be back because I know sometime in life we will be back, though it will never be, um, never be as though it was when we experienced it before. And it will always, it will, you know, things will change, societies grow. Um, but I think that's kind of the good thing that also kind of allows you maybe, you know, just to further to go to more different places to find them. But um, I feel like for me, one of the true highlights was the ending of our trip and the beginning of your trip was when we met in Epernay and the Champagne area in France. And we just recently drank one of the bottles of champagne. And if anyone doesn't know uh, what that is, is champagne that here in America, especially California, um, you cannot call things champagne unless it's from the actual region of champagne. 
that's why we have sparkling wines, there's Proseccos, um, but uh, true things cannot be called champagne-less champagne. And I just felt like every little place there was, it's, it's just this beautiful countryside. We stayed in this amazing chateau. Uh, the food in France is very, it's very delicious. Um, well, and speaking of rich, food, we actually got to eat at a Michelin-starred restaurant, and the chef, whose name is uh, Jackie Jackie Michel, he prepared a special meal just for you that was absolutely over the top. Um, that was all vegetarian and so beautifully presented. I don't think I've ever seen vegetables presented in such a great yeah. way. Yeah, it's funny being vegetarian, and I'm not vegan, though. I don't really, I don't really like heavy creams, and I don't eat cheese. Um, which means for a lot of times I'm not looking for dairy and things in France. Though it's very good uh, for me, most of it's just too rich, and it was very hard finding that don't have meat in it. And uh, the next thing, if you don't eat meat, they always ask if you eat eggs because omelets and stuff are there more a dinner or a lunch thing instead of breakfast. And uh, I was just at that time after traveling for so long and having so many amazing and decadent things, at least for me being a vegetarian, I reached that point where I was just craving just just vegetables, just something so plain Simple. because I've been having such amazing things. And uh, this chef, there wasn't anything like that on their, on his menu. And this is a very, very nice, you know, we had to get some reservation. And he completely just created this, this, uh, uh, course dishes that was not only did it aesthetically look so beautiful, it tasted phenomenal and it was uh, huge. It was like it was huge. It was a platter. I mean, and it had like I don't know what fifteen different things. It had like champignons, you know. I mean, it had mushrooms and these beautiful Julian potatoes and little onions and lettuces and I can't even remember. I have to go look at the picture. But it was yeah. really quite special. And uh, you're right. You know, in France, there are big meat. It's very rare to actually find a vegetarian Everything uh, meat and cheese. And meat and cheese. And, and, and I like butter and bread was delicious. But, you know, there's times I wanted a soup that wasn't uh, a heavy cream-based soup or didn't have, you know, a, a beef uh, broth to it. But mm-hmm. I really, I have to say, we really, I... Personally, uh, people have said, oh, you know, you're, the food, uh, for a lot of parts of food in various parts of Europe are not good. And I thought I had amazing food. I think we've just lucked out. I think things have got changed. Things have kind of gotten more modernized. And being vegetarian, I actually found amazing, amazing places. And, uh, and also amazing beers and amazing wine and amazing champagnes. And uh, it was just, it was a wonderful, it was a wonderful trip. Being home is, it's, so bizarre. I think for me, this is my, and now you're someone who's lived abroad for many years and it travels often, but for me, this being this first kind of uh, different, other last time I'd been gone for so long was on my honeymoon, but it was a different kind of, of trip thing. This, I feel like Europe is so, so different. And uh, I, the interesting thing is when you come back to home, it's that thing that Things have changed that you think, you know, things have changed, but they haven't. What's really changed is yourself and just things are the same, but just the way you view things are now differently. As I said at the top of the hour, is traveling changes you because you get bigger viewpoints. And like Mark Twain said, 
you know, when you travel, you really can't be prejudiced. You you get a different perspective. Um, you you know you you can't be narrow minded. You it opens the world of possibilities and adventures. And for me, the time spent with you and your husband in uh, in Champagne in France was just absolutely remarkable because I didn't know how my French would be. I had lived in oh France as a Oh, my God. You were amazing. That was so fun. <laughs> I completely forgot. That was It so just fun. came right. It was like riding a bike. It just came out, just started You were French. the golden ticket. If you don't know, um, I would say French people were very, very polite, but... It's one of those things, of course, when you don't speak, it's just if someone was coming to me and speaking another language in America, I wouldn't be able to help them. I feel very bad. And being in France, not speaking French, and just knowing vocabulary, I was, you know, we were out of luck. As soon as this lady arrives, we are VIP world. Everyone loves us. She, this, every owner of every place, they just get into these French conversations forever. It worked out for us. They just keep filling the glasses, but... Um, I, yeah, I would say you weren't rusty at all. It was, uh, no, it was, was, I think what was fun is when we went to a couple of champagne sellers and one champagne seller, they came out and the woman said to me in French, uh, she didn't know I spoke French, but, and she didn't speak any English and she just said, I'm sorry, we're closed. And of course we were hunting, we're in the country, we were hunting for places to go and I just responded in French, oh, that's okay, thank you, we've heard wonderful things about your, your champagne house, and, uh, you know, we wanted to try it. And she was like, you speak French, well, come in, come in. <laughs> and on the champagne, do you yeah, remember? And then yeah. the champagne just started flowing, and, and she just opened all the different champagnes so that we could try everything. Yeah. And you actually had to finally tell me, hey, we have to get going here. Yeah, <laughs> and then and she made us wishes to have lunch directly and, and yeah. save it. You know, every it was really sweet. It was it was a really it was such a lovely time. And I think for me, I just I am someone that is just not a city person. And uh, even though there's many historic many things that you know in life people say you need to see, for me, what I really loved was just these smaller communities, these out in the backwoods of nowhere. It's just gorgeous open space and it seems that you know there's some things that are modern but there's some things that will seem you know, lost in time and it's just that very beautiful way and um it i just i loved all this kind of this small these small little champagne areas it was just it was wonderful well i wanted to talk about something that you and your husband did that i thought was just so so unique and then you gave it to uh, to your dad and I as an anniversary oh, yeah. gift, and we loved it. And these were the Parisian locks. You had special locks made that said happy anniversary, and then other one that said our France trip. And uh, oh. you, I think we got to tell about it because in Paris there is a bridge where everybody puts these locks on. And go ahead and just tell that little bit as a story because yeah, well, the it's really thing, so special. I had heard of the I had I had just heard of this in recent years that friends would post things and um, it's that people there. I I thought it was only one bridge in France, but it, it turns out it's everywhere, and there's thousands and thousands of bridges everywhere. Um, but uh, it started there was this one this one thing in in Paris. 
um, that people, couples would come, they'd leave the lock, um, they lock the, the, they would lock the lock on a bridge, and then you throw the key over, and that's saying, you know, sort of like love forever. And, and this whole sort of, you know, leaving a piece of you somewhere. Um, and uh, so anyways, it kind of caught on that this one bridge actually now that they had to kind of temporarily shut it down and remove some, I don't know if it was, Three million pounds or three million tons, I don't know, some ridiculous amount because it was becoming unsafe. The, the bridge was actually very <laughs> tall because of the weight of the locks. But, um, what, but my husband, what he did is he actually got a lock made for us for every place that we were going to. And we first discovered, I mean, right when we were in a train um, in Germany going through, we started seeing these locks everywhere. And I realized everywhere we went, we started just seeing that it really is a thing. Um, and it was so, you know, it was really special. And it was really fun, and you feel, you know, kind of uh, sneaky in a way. But we made sure, you know, not to vandalize anything. But uh, it was, it's just this kind of this sweet, kind of fun thing because without knowing it, it also kind of becomes this activity and this land that you don't know trying to find this bridge that you want to leave something on. And the interesting how some the things are too thick or there's too many people around or you don't like it or there isn't room. Um, and you kind of start exploring and finding more places of just what's around you and not in necessarily in, um, with the lock. And it sort of eventually kind of finds itself. Um, but we took pictures of everyone that we, every uh, loft we left, and we took pictures of the streets and the goal that, well, you know, one day when we go back, we'll see if they're still there. So, uh, yeah, so there's a little bit of us all over uh, Europe. All now. over Europe. So, well, I wanted to say, though, you gave us a one for our anniversary. Now, to, you, we did together, we, we put a lock together in Epernay, which was like the center of the Champagne region where all... Dom Perignon and all the big um, Moet de Chandon, you know, and all of the really yeah. fantastic champagne houses are. And um, and we got to visit several of them. We went to Champagne Albergere and, um, let's see, Le Tour Blanche and all these other ones. But anyway, but the, the one that you gave to uh, your dad and I, you wanted us to put it somewhere on our continued voyage. And we were going to Bordeaux, which is the city that I lived in. I actually lived in Toulouse, which is the university city. And so I went to the University of Bordeaux many, many moons ago. Well, it was crazy. I have not been back to Bordeaux since I was a student. And it's changed so much. They've cleaned up the city. It is just a spectacular, spectacular city now that that I know that you would love it too because it's not as big. It's not big like Paris. It's small, but it's lovely and it's young. It's a young city. In fact, it was voted and has been voted, I think, for the last 10 years. It is the most popular uh, city for young people and because Mm. it's just very youth-oriented, but it's just beautiful. Uh, and there's so much countryside around it. You know, within minutes, you're in the vineyards, and Bordeaux wines, as everybody knows, it's the Medoc, are are kind of world-renowned. But I must say, I love the Champagne, but I still prefer California wines to Bordeaux wines. But I regret. (laughs) So the lock, we were hunting for a week to find the right place, and I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to – we're not going to find the place to put it. And then when we got back into to Bordeaux, we were riding our bicycles, and we wanted to ride across the Napoleon Bridge, which was finished in 1822. 
And it's this beautiful, beautiful old bridge. But as you said, some of the, the wrought iron, it's just too thick. So then we went to the, the Place de la Bourse, which is right next to the bridge, where is also the, you know, it's also, it's not, it's a, also the, a bridge area. And we started to see locks. And I was like, okay, we found it. We found it. And so it was really very touching. We put oh, so our yes, lock. So you started seeing. You started seeing other people had put locks out. Right. That's what I'm saying. We started seeing other people's locks, and then we, because like you said, I didn't want to vandalize anything, and we saw yeah. other people's locks. So we knew this. You're is like, the well, right. if they did, then we'll do it too. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but what was interesting is then we told, we, you know, we took pictures, we did all that, we threw the keys in the water, um, and it was just very, it was a touching moment. I mean, we did feel like, yeah. wow, this is so cool. And then when other people found out about it, they were like, oh my gosh, we want locks. How do we do So it was just really, you know, it was a very, um, it was very, very special, and, uh, Anyway, I wanted to thank you for you know, oh, you're for those so blocks. welcome, and now you're so hip and cool too. <laughs> I know I'm finally hip and cool. I bet it takes finally. my daughter to keep me hip and finally, cool. Finally, I'm a real girl. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Well, another fun thing that you did is you actually brought your dog along with you, which other people who had left animals behind felt that what you did was the cutest idea. You took a picture of Dulce. You put it on. What do you call it? A stick or something? Yeah, we just glued it on some uh, chopsticks so that we had like a little handle and taped it just in case it got wet. And yeah, I surprised my husband at the airport saying that um, because as I think almost all people, whether they'll admit it or not, they're dog owners. You know that you secretly do the voice of your dog at home and you make up little stories and only you, maybe roommates or significant others, really understand that weirdness and that awesomeness and how your pets are like your family. And since we couldn't bring our dog with us to Europe, I uh, made these blow-up pictures of the dog. So um, everywhere we took, everywhere we went, we took these funny pictures with our dog in it. And, uh, yeah, and because the way there's photo angles, it looks like she's on top of things. And, like she was uh, on the tower. She's on the Tower yeah, and, Bridge or the and, Tower of London. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and it was something that it was, it was just a funny, it, again, it became this funny adventure and little story thing with us and, and also kind of a, a tension breaker. There was a time where we, I, for lack of a better thing, we lost our luggage, but our luggage got locked up in this thing that we didn't know closed and so we had to go to Scotland and we had nothing with us except for you know the one little carry-on bag carry you know purse basically um that I had but uh, magically enough in it that I I made I happened to have my passport with me um and uh that little uh, poster of the dog. So I, I, even when things were just even bad, uh, we ended up bringing her out, and it, we had a, a good time. So Well, and I think so, you started uh, a new trend. It all worked out, and everything worked you, out in the end. So, you started so. a new trend because when I, I showed those to dog owners that we met who had left their dogs behind and were, were literally, um, you know, to, trying to call babysitters to find out how their pets were. Uh, they were like, oh, my gosh, I wish we would have done this. So I think that was a really a really good idea to do, to bring your pets <laughs> on. 
Now, it would have been difficult for me because I have such a huge barnyard. I mean, I can't imagine bringing the cutouts of the pig and the goat and the and the goats, I mean, and the the geese and the ducks and the chickens. Well, then you'd just be the crazy lady that had Yeah, all I'd be the crazy lady, but I did have them on my computer. And, you know, that's the other thing I just wanted to say about traveling is uh, when things go wrong, like you lost your luggage, my husband left his iPad on the train, oh. and um, it never was recovered. But normally, if that had happened back here, you know, on a normal day, it would probably be a month of hassle and frustration and anger and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, when you're traveling, you got to just let it go. You just have to, you know, take the good with the bad, do whatever you can and and move on. I mean, we had we had a crazy time after we left you because we arrived in Montparnasse. I mean, we arrived in um, Paris. De, de Est, Paris to Est um, train station, and we thought that we were going to be leaving for the Cognac region up from the same train station. Well, it turned out that the train was leaving from the Montparnasse train station, and if anyone who's listening knows Paris, that's on the other side of Paris. We had 40 minutes. There's no way you could get there by taxi in 40 minutes. It'd probably be a two-hour taxi ride. So we tried to do it by metro with four bags, two two carry-ons and a suitcase and a backpack. And the metro system in in Paris is a couple hundred years old, and it's like a rat tunnel. So you go down 20 stairs, up 10, down another 15. It was so horrible. <laughs> and... Um, People were so great because there were times I just couldn't go up another stairs with those bags and we were trying to run. And French people would stop, take my bags, carry them up the stairs and just keep going. But anyway, we arrived at Montparnasse to wave goodbye to our train. <laughs> so we had missed our train. However, uh, every it, it, we were able to get another one within a couple of hours, but but you know, I was. We were so impressed by how nice everybody had been in trying to help us. So there's, you know, there's like um, traveling is really great because you really get to see another side of people. And again, it was the oh. food, the language, everything was just so wonderful. And then I finished out my trip with a um, four days with my pen pal, who I've been writing since. I was age eight. She's from Ireland. She now lives in Norway. And we got to visit some of my bucket lists, um, Sissinghurst Castle Gardens in England. We went to the southwest, I mean, southeast part of, um, of England, Kent and Sussex, where beautiful cal- uh, castles and palaces and gardens are. And uh, it was just like, it was just so much fun catching up. So what a great trip we had, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and now and now we are back and we're happy to be back and be be on the radio with all of you again and we we hope that um that you get to have some travels soon. So Heather to wrap it up, um what would you want to say is like the best thing about traveling? For me personally, I think you need I, well, I have my couple of my little takeaways is I think I think it's always good to have a traveling partner with you 
um, serve that one person, even though, you know, we all do need our alone times and things. You really learn a lot about yourself as well as with the person that you're with, and you kind of do need someone uh, there with you as, you know, that buddy, that protection, that sanity that someone, especially when it comes to language. Um, but I think, I think just overall, I think you need to get out of Dodge. I think people need to get away and just stay and enjoy it. I think it's hard even when we have these staycations, when we stay at home, we're so distracted by everything that's in our, and the stuff in our homes, the people in our life, job, work. When we are in a total new area where we know no one, we don't know the ways, um, it really kind of turns you back into yourself and your survival skills and you're, you're more in tune with meeting people and curiosity and just seeing how other societies work. And, and uh, I think, just for me, I think there were so many things that I realized I love so much America, and then there were so many things I realized I just love so much about other cultures, and I, I, hope, uh, I hope I'm able to, to take that back with me and, and start putting it more into my life here. Oh, those are great takeaways, and I would add to that, too, is when you feel that you absolutely cannot get away, that you are just so piled up with the crap of your life, that's when you must, <laughs> because it, so only, it, it only keeps piling up, and when you find yourself making excuses for not taking a break, that's when you must take a break, because it won't get better. You'll just dig yourself a big grave. And don't have guilt about it. Just, you know, get out there and go. Whatever it is to get you away, as Heather said, to get you out of your comfort zone and, you know, out of your house and out of your routine. And the other thing that I would say as a takeaway is if you're testing out a relationship, travel together. <laughs> because if you can travel together, you can live together. And uh, it, I think it really does. It. It takes a special duo or however many of you to travel together. So uh, that's, a, that's a good litmus yeah. test, don't you think, it's if you can travel yeah. well? because Yeah, I think you definitely realize that. <laughs> right, yeah, you definitely realize it. Well, another great segment, may you all travel and enjoy the freedom and the cultures and the language and the people of the world and I think what everyone will experience is you'll realize it really is a small world after all and that we're all just people and we all, we all love our kids and we all want to have good times and we all just want to, to make it in, you know, to, to celebrate life. But I do love the way the French celebrate life. They stop everything from 12 to 2 <laughs> every day <laughs> and they have a meal and they sit down and talk. So... Um, I think raise a glass to that. So when we come back from break, we're going to go into the garden. We're going to talk about some water-wise dreams. We know we're in a drought here in California, so we're going to figure out um, some ways that we might be able to stop the surcharges and help our gardens grow. You are listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we have been delighted to be your host. Don't go away. I'll be right back with Waterwise Dreams. The star you are. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Be the star you are. You are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that Well, you might be wondering, how do you start something new, whether it's going to be traveling or whatever it is? And these are a few that might help you navigate the sea of worry and to sail confidently forward, knowing that no matter what happens, you've tried your best and you will have no regrets. First of all is you want to take that first step. So, Um, Some goals can take several years to achieve, but just taking that first step is a sign and a step in the right direction. And so when it comes to travel, you know, just making, uh, going online and checking things out, going to Travel Zoo to see if there's any deals or TripAdvisor to get some reviews, that could be the simple initial research. Uh, You could register for a class, talk to somebody knowledgeable you know, that's already been someplace you wanted to go, that's the first step. You don't want to be phased by negativity. There's always going to be those who are going to question why you're going to go someplace or question what you're doing, and people might even say that you're crazy. But aside from constructive criticism, ignore the naysayers who want to bring down your vision and your goals, because remember, you do need a break. Now, Uh, If you're looking at something in a business light, you might want to get some advice or find a mentor. Find someone with the right experience who can guide you, who can challenge you, connect you with others, counsel you. That can all be very beneficial in helping you to achieve your dreams and your goals. And once you are on that path, you've got to determine to keep going. Because even if you fail at first or it's taking you longer than expected, don't give up. One of the movies that I watched on the plane was Pitch Perfect 2. I had never seen Pitch Perfect, the first one, but I I couldn't stop laughing, so I had to rent Pitch Perfect. And uh, in that movie, the uh, the kind of one of the lead characters who is the leader of the chorus group, 
she's just so rigid and it's like her way or the highway and what she has to say is when she grew up her dad was like if at first you don't succeed you have failed so it's not try try again and um, that you know to me failure doesn't mean that your dream isn't meant to be so you just have to have a determined attitude from the outset and that's going to keep you motivated during any times that are difficult and especially when you're traveling like, you know, you lose your luggage, you lose your iPhone, your iPad, or you have no internet connection. You just keep going. Now, recognize fluctuating emotions. Your feelings are what make you inherently human. And they're also variable. And they're also unpredictable. So even on those days when you have negative thoughts or emotions, and you might start thinking, oh, it's time to give up, don't give in. Just acknowledge the feelings and find ways to address them and again, speaking to somebody that you trust, uh, a friend or your partner, that can really help. And getting out of Dodge and getting a change of scenery can make all the difference in the world. I mean, you, you, um, you can come back from a trip and have a total disaster, as I did you know, uh, many months ago, nine months ago, coming back from a trip and having a flood in my house that took eight months to uh, rectify Probably if I hadn't been away for a few days, I would have just lost it uh, knowing that I was, you know, pretty much homeless. So be open-minded. When we are running towards a goal, we sometimes have preconceived ideas of exactly how and when it should happen. But life doesn't happen that way. You know, it's, we all, there's that saying, you know, life happens when you're making other plans. So you have to be open-minded in order to do something that is worth doing. So there's going to be obstacles here and there, and that shouldn't hinder you from getting to where you want to go. Just have a route in mind. Always look at the potential pros and cons. If you're unsure about whether to try something new, make a list of potential benefits, risks, and pitfalls, and that'll help you determine if your proposed venture or adventure is worth pursuing. And then, of course, that network of support. You always want to surround yourself with people who um, believe in taking chances and believe in something new. Because even if you, if your support network hasn't been there or done that, they'll be there to help you pick up the pieces and get back on the saddle in case you fall. So uh, finally, you want to document your journey. And I mean this in more ways than one. If you're going on a trip, document it. Write about it. Because this will help you remember. I, I, always, I always make a picture book of every place that I'm going. And I have a big bag of the different uh, brochures and things, which I will put in some kind of a scrapbook. Because it's interesting when other people ask for advice, then you have something that you can tell them. And then document your journey when you're talking about your goals. Because when you are trying to get somewhere, it's a great way to inspire others to greater heights as well as keeping you on track of your evolving personality and your traits. So be bold. You know, go where no man has gone. Have confidence in your unique abilities because there's never been anyone exactly like you. So your, your unique combination of abilities and skills is what makes you part of the human race, and it makes you versatile and refreshing. So you have something distinctive and important to bring to the table. So give it your all. And just give it your best shot and have fun while you're doing it. And I would just want to encourage you to take that chance and go out on that limb. That's what Be The Star You Are is all about. 
So now going into the garden, for those of you who are living here in California, you might be opening your water bills, and even though you've been conserving, you might be getting dinged because they've raised the prices 20% for many water districts uh, because we're in a drought. And it's really not fun. I know with us, we've cut back 50% of what we have been last year, and yet our bill is higher than it was last year at this time. And that kind of is uh, uncomfortable. Um, I understand that East Bay um, Municipal Water District have given raises to some of their top executives, but they're dinging the customers. I don't like that at all. So uh, we're going to talk about some planting. If something you are doing is not working, doing more of it doesn't work any better. So spring, summer, and fall have always been my most favorite seasons because I really thrive in the sunshine. I relish the warmth and I indulge my senses in the lavish, lush beauty that is the landscapes of California. And you've heard me talk about my favorite seasons before because so winter just doesn't happen to fall into that. I loved it a lot when I was younger when I was, you know, doing a lot of snow skiing or ice skating. Um, now I do more of, um, of, what is it called, snowshoeing. But this year has been an exception to my uh, predilection as a, as a gardener because my garden is really straining to survive in this thirsty environment. And so summer and fall have not been good for the garden. In fact, it's pretty dead. And as I was uh, thinking about this, you know, the sky sprinkled some droplets of rain. We had a little bit of rain yesterday, and I was so excited. I actually stood outside with my face to the darkened heavens. I was just so grateful for this tiny bit of moisture. Water is our most valuable resource, and it's becoming increasingly precious as our climate changes. The way we've been functioning in our gardens is definitely not working any longer. Now, last month, I was very privileged to be a speaker at the National Garden Symposium that was held in the horticultural wonderland of Pasadena, but the temperatures exceeded 100 degrees on a daily basis. It was hot, hotter, and hottest as the thermostat hit 107, and although it's considered a Mediterranean climate, it felt more Saharan. Now, attendees hailed from all around the U.S. There was Great Britain, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, as well as a few other countries. And the most discussed topic was H2O. So trees were at the top of the list of plantings that must be saved uh, in this drought because the world is really watching California as we struggle to find a path to our water conservation. Now, it was interesting when I was in France and England to notice how many plants that they have in those areas that really grow well here in California. And even though England was wet and, and, had, uh, and cold, it, it still had a Mediterranean type of plantings there. Now, on a behind-the-scenes tour of the Los, Los Angeles County Arboretum, I learned about an age-old technique that's used in Eastern Europe. It's called Hugel culture. Now, it's translated from the German. It really just means mound culture because it's a practice that involves salvaging limbs and branches and debris to make raised beds that are going to improve draining and grow gardens without irrigation or fertilization. Now, the Arboretum team had removed a large lawn from an area where they're now experimenting with various ways to save and harvest water by uh, slowing it down, spreading it out, and filtering it. So hugel culture is something that many of us could embrace 
especially with compacted clay soil. And for large properties with slopes or trees that have fallen and need to be cut down, uh, the hugel culture could be a godsend. The process is simple to design a hugel. And I'm going to tell you how to do it uh, right now. I've already designed two, and I'm going to um, see about doing more in the next few months, and we'll be reporting back. First, what you want to do is you choose an area where you want a mound, and then you can gather logs, branches, twigs, other wood debris, and leaves to line the area. Now, you don't want to use wood from a black locust, a walnut, or a cedar because they have toxicity in them. Now, rotted wood is great. First, you lay the big logs, then you add a layer of branches, then you add the twigs, then you add leaves, and then, and then you add uh, grass clippings. You make the mound a minimum of three or four feet is best, is seven feet or more, and the mound will compact and shrink, and then you water the layers. Add kitchen scraps, compost, and mulch. Um, wood is high in carbon, and it could leach the nitrogen from the soil. So compost is uh, a necessary ingredient. You add two inches of topsoil, and then you add more mulch. And then you prepare your beds now in the fall so that they're going to cure for the spring planting. Now, I already started my Hugel uh, culture trial, and I think it's going to be fairly environmentally friendly to utilize the wood debris that I encounter in my garden all the time as opposed to putting it into those green bins. And I really like that look of the rounded hills on the landscape. Another exciting discovery was a lawn seed that claims to seldom or never need water or fertilizer. And this is called Pearl's Premium. And I am actually working on that right now uh, in my garden. And this seed is all natural product with 100% native and adaptive grasses. It has no gelati- uh, genetically modified seed. It's 99.9% weed-free, and it's a result of 10 years of product research and testing. So I ordered it. I have ordered 10 yards of soil. I'm spreading it on, and I'll be finishing that this weekend, I'm hoping. So as you drive around your neighborhoods, you want to start noticing lawns that are brown and the surrounding landscapes and see what they are looking, uh, looking at. In order to maintain a beautiful, productive, verdant garden, it's going to be very complicated because our water bills are going to escalate even though we are consuming less. So here are some water-wise tips for you. Add organic material to your soil. Compost and mulch will improve the water holding capacity. Mulch cuts down on weeds, it holds in moisture, and it maintains the temperature. Use soaker hoses whenever possible. They're the most efficient irrigating system delivering water directly to the roots. Prepare to start collecting rainwater if you get rain. I mean, in Bermuda, all buildings have an underground cistern that collects rain from the limestone roofs. And it might be time for us in California and Arizona and New Mexico and maybe Texas to start thinking about cisterns. Or like the Aussies, install a storage tank in our crawl spaces. A thousand square foot roof will harvest 625 gallons of water from one inch of rain. So you could really have your own uh, water system. Before planting, study your garden and know where the sun and shade are at all times. Group plants with similar needs together and choose drought-tolerant species that are known to thrive in your own environs. And then maintain, monitor, and weed and be alert for all the pests. So Don't drown in denial because it's just time to save ourselves with water-wise investments 
I'll be your guide on the side to help you dream it and do it. And hopefully we can have some happy, healthy gardens. Uh, When we come back from break, we're going to talk about single tasking instead of multitasking. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And I will be right back. Don't go away. You are the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Most business people travel frequently, and sometimes the proper method of tipping is very confusing. Tipping is always a discretionary action and should be given for great service, or better yet, for anticipated great service. Travel industry resources suggest the following tipping tips. In a hotel, no tipping is required to the front desk staff unless a person is acting as a concierge. If the concierge is making difficult restaurant or theater reservations for you, a $5 minimum tip is customary. The doorman, if you are helped with your bags or a taxi is hailed for you, a dollar or up are the normal tipping procedures. The bell desk, for handling luggage, getting ice and other amenities, a dollar per bag or errand is a courtesy tip. Housekeeping. When a special item is delivered to your room, again, give a dollar, or if it's they give you something more, you can give something more. Room service. If the service is not automatically added to your bill, always tip 15 to 20% of the check. Foreign countries have different etiquettes for tipping, so make sure to check with your travel agent. In some foreign countries, tipping is already included in the bill, and it's a full-service bill, and you do not have to leave extra. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. For more information about Star Style, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-STAR to book a coaching or consultation. Be the star you are. Light up the flames Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit be the star you are.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are.org. Be the star you are, you are the star. Pump up your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. Are you trying to be a multitasker? You know, it's really a myth because our brains are actually hardwired to do one thing at a time. And when we think we're multitasking, we are probably engaged in what neuroscientists call task switching, which means we're switching rapidly between tasks. 
So attempting to multitask lowers our IQ, it shrinks the brain's gray matter, and it lowers productivity by 40%, according to research. So we're living distracted lives, resulting in what we can call the scattered brain syndrome. So here are some single tasking ways to go about stuff. Single tasking means to develop a heightened focus and accomplish more by living fully in the present. You can improve your relationships and your quality of life by reclaiming control and remembering what matters most. Now, you can do one thing well, or you could do two things poorly. So, you want some techniques? Of course, I've got them for you. Sync your thoughts and your actions. Make a conscious effort to align your mind and your body. Work on focusing your thoughts on the person or task in front of you. Create systems. You know, build fences around your potential distractions before they occur. Prior to a phone call, turn off your auditory pings and your visual pop-ups. It's nearly impossible to ignore them once they occur. Enjoy lunch. Now, a recent Harvard study found that those who attempt to work through lunch accomplish less work overall. I just uh, had mentioned in France, everything closes down at 2, I mean at 12, and it doesn't open until 2. The only thing that's open between 12 and 2 are restaurants, and people actually stop and eat. And they chat or they take a little nap. It's really a very uh, civilized way to live. And at first it's disconcerting but because Americans are go, go, go. But then all of a sudden you get into the swing of it and you think, yes, I need to stop too. Cluster task. Choose an activity you do frequently such as checking your emails and cluster that task into two or three designated segments throughout the day rather than letting it overrun your other obligations. In other words, don't check every two minutes. Time shift. Although some tasks require intensity and hard work, set aside time each day to unwind. The University at London found that even 15 minutes a day of relaxing increases overall productivity by 24%, so that's a lot. Be present. When you enjoy a meal for business or pleasure, Invite all parties to turn off their phones, their iPads. Just put them in a pile. And the first one to touch a phone has to pay for everybody. I like that idea. So single tasking means committing to your choices. You can address your next task after working on the existing one. You don't have to complete every task all at once just for a designated time frame. I say make a list and put your most important things at the top or Check things off and then just, you know, bring them over to the next day. So try applying some of these techniques to your work, your relationships, your hobbies, and your home life, and you'll experience some change in yourself. So get out there and enjoy each day and do it one task at a time. So I am, um, I want to make sure that you're ready for your future. I want you also to adopt a growth mindset. Don't settle for the idea that your skills are fixed. True potential is unknowable because it's impossible to foresee what can be accomplished with years of passion, toil, and training. And remember to hire and promote people who are improving year over year if you are in a hiring position. Give feedback to people to help others grow. Millennials who are people under the age of 35, they want 50% more feedback than non-millennials. So, you know, it's important that we take the time to nurture others. Avoid reaching your sell-by date. Uh, If you are continuing to learn and stay abreast of your field, you uh, might be doing well, but what about the bigger picture? Seek out a conference or an industry event 
They can help you find out what innovations are emerging in your field. You've got to stay educated. Learning should never be over. I always say turn your car into learning, you know, a rolling university and learn to thrive. Find five people who inspire you and make you a better person and, um, you know, seek them out. Be loyal. Take time for yourself and enjoy the moments. Well, thank you so much for being great listeners and tuning in right here to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are brought to the airwaves by Be the Star You Are charity. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org and make a donation. The holidays are coming and we are working on disaster relief, so we really would appreciate your donations. Um, My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. We want you to see beyond your physical being. Know that you are the star that you are. And imagine your dreams as as if they already exist. So I want to uh, thank you so much for staying tuned here. And remember to celebrate every day because love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles will keep you happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, encouraging you to be the star you are. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. And may this be a great week for you. Thanks for joining me, and we'll be together next week right here live on the Voice America Network, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Join me then and make it a great week. Be the star you The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star, be the star you are, keep caring. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.